Aldi is hosting National Hiring Week for stores September 12th through the 18th. Over the past several years, we've grown rapidly, expanding from coast to coast. That means more opportunities for you to join our store teams across the country. You'll also benefit from our newly increased wages. During National Hiring Week, qualified candidates will be invited to interview on-site and may receive same-day job offers. Join us and apply online at careers.aldi.us slash radio. Welcome to more. Aldi is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him and love him as the lead NFL writer for Heavy.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we can sit here and take another preseason loss and a little wounding of the pride. No problem, Broncos. No problem. But the decimation at the hands of the injury bug to the 2019 rookie class, that's going to sting. Yeah, you know, I, I want to say in a sense the Broncos have no one to blame but themselves. And I know it's kind of a hot take, but to have Drew Locke in that game, Shad, behind that second and third string offensive line, it's two weeks in a row now. They allowed him to get hit and pressured and sacked, and they were playing with fire, and Drew Locke got burned. I, hopefully, you know, his injury is not too serious. And same thing for Noah Fan. I was questioning, in, in a sense, why the Broncos starters were left in the game that long. As fun as it is to see them in action, uh, they do not have the injury bug on their side. Though it's just, I would not be tempting, you know, fate considering what's already happened this summer. So it's something to talk about. You know, one thing that Mark Schlereth, of course, former offensive guard of the Denver Broncos, now a uh, Denver radio personality, also Fox Sports One, uh, you know, commentator, whatever, he's fond of saying that, you know, the injury bugs, A, they're part of the game. We talk about that injuries being part of the game all the time. But he also says that it's one of those things where, you know, when your time is up, your time is up. When your time has come with regard to the injury bug, you know, that's just the way the football fates willed it. Now, I'm not sure. He's a former player, and, and so there's, you know, a lot of credence to what he says there, obviously, a lot of experience. Multiple, multiple surgeries. I think he had more than 16 surgeries as a player back in the 90s. So he knows what he's talking about in one sense. In the other, it's, as you said, Vic Fangio over the weekend said, look, you're going to see the starters more in this game than you have at all up until this point. He was true to his word. Basically, the first-team offense and defense played throughout the entire first quarter before you started to see some st- substitutions. And at some point, Zach, we have to – you know, it's, I don't, I don't uh, envy these coaches in terms of you need to get these players, whether they're veterans or rookies, some live bullet reps to start getting them the experience and acclimated to the NFL intensity and physicality and speed of the game and all that – but you also have to walk that tightrope of 
doing what you can to not risk them unnecessarily to the right. injury bug. It's tough. Yeah, you know what it is? It's a catch-22 for most coaches, and I thought Fangio did it pretty well the last couple weeks, Chad, but there was really no reason to have Philip Lindsay in there with Drew Locke and the second teamers. There was no reason to have Drew Locke I mean, this goes beyond just Fangio, but to have him behind those offensive lines, he's been tempting fate with these preseason snaps. And even Emmanuel Sanders, as much as it was nice to see him out there and he was making plays, I thought he got one series too much. Considering the guy is coming off Achilles uh, surgery, ankle surgery, he's 32 years old. He looked good. I would have got him out of the game, though. Fangio, he he might have been trying to prove something on a primetime stage after the joint practice fights. He might be just thought, you know, he had confidence in the Broncos training regimen. Uh, considering his practices, though, how physical they are, you know, the, the the intensity of the practices and also the injuries that have already happened this summer. I just happen to think Fangio committed a rookie mistake in the sense in subjecting his players to unnecessary hits. And those hits, you know, took a toll and it claimed Fant and Drew Locke and a couple other players. Yeah, we'll talk more about the injuries themselves, implications, as well as our gut reaction to everything else that transpired on Monday night. But first, just a couple of quick matters of business, you guys, and this is especially for all of our new listeners. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That is the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. You can find Zach on Twitter, at KelbermanNFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. Another way to stay engaged and plugged in with what's going on here. And if you're on iTunes, our show is growing exponentially on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear and you're a new listener, we appreciate it if you take some time and leave us a five-star rating and a shout-out to our YouTube community who just continue to be overwhelmingly supportive and engaging. We love talking to you guys, and as we've talked about before, Zach and I have some things cooking to start producing more content for you guys on YouTube. Fantasy football fans, you got to listen up. Do you want to join the biggest NFL season-long tournament ever? Of course you do. If you love fantasy football, and we know you do, then you need to enter the $3.5 million best ball championship on draft. That's right, $3.5 million in real money. It is absolutely enormous. It's huge. It's season long, but there's no management. You just set it, you forget it. So instead of agonizing over your lineup every single Sunday, draft does the analysis for you, gives you the most efficient Best odds to win your matchup lineup week in and week out. You do a draft, 16 weeks later, you could be a millionaire. Literally, it does not get any easier than that. It's the highest rated fantasy app, and it's available on the App Store and Google Play, or you can just go online to draft.com. For a limited time only, you can get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit, but you have to use our promo code HUDDLE. That's right, a free shot at a million dollars just by using our promo code HUDDLE when you make your first deposit on Draft. Also, a phenomenal way to support the Huddle Up podcast. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and come play free with promo code HUDDLE. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. 
If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. All right, Zach, let's start. Well, let's finish our conversation with regard to the injuries, and then we'll dive into everything else. So Noah Fant, he left, uh, I don't know, bottom of the first quarter, I think it was, with uh, took a nasty shot on a third down pass from Joe Flacco. Caught him in the right uh, right flat, and he turned up field to try and pick up a first down. I believe it was a third down play. And he kind of took a trifecta hit, all of which were to his lower body, and it just looked scary right out of the gates. Yeah. He got up limping. We found out not long after that he had exited the game officially and headed for the locker room. That was Fant. Next, Joe Deneen, off-ball linebacker, rookie, undrafted rookie, who frankly up to this point had struggled to create any momentum for himself. His prospects for making this roster were pretty dim up at this point anyway. It's unfortunate for him regardless, but it's just another body at a weak position for the Broncos, strength-wise, that goes down, broken hand. So that doesn't portend well. He's probably going to end up on IR by the end of this coming week. And then lastly, the injury to Drew Locke, who in the third quarter, running for his life, he sacked, falls awkwardly on his throwing arm, his right arm, and uh, comes up with, looked like he was in some pain. Turns out it was a thumb injury, right hand, and the x-rays were negative per Mike Kliss. And then after the game, Zach, Vic Fangio said that that uh, they were mild. The injuries to Fant and Locke, two of, their, two of their top three picks in this year's draft, were, quote, mild by nature. So fortunately, it sounds like the Broncos dodged a major bullet with regard to Fant and Locke, but it's really bad news, obviously, for Joe Denis. You know, the fan injury, when it happened, it looked like it had the makings of a, a knee injury. I was worried about his ACL, one of the ligaments there. And even when it was diagnosed as an ankle or a foot, I was worried about a high ankle sprain, which tends to linger and can easily be re-aggravated. So I didn't want him to have to go through that. If it's just a simple uh, bruise or whatever it is, he'll, he should be fine by the regular season. It's not nothing too serious. But that tight end room, Chad, is extremely cursed at this point. I mean, Hireman's out. Uh, Bug Howard missed time. They just lost Austin Fort. Fumagalli missed all last season. You know, it's just a really a mass unit right now. So the Broncos can't catch a break there. In terms of Drew Locke, again, like I talked about, that was the Broncos' uh, – hurting themselves and this is the byproduct of them not developing offensive linemen for the last couple years they don't have any young guys who can come in there and you have confidence that your potential franchise quarterback can play behind he was already kind of limping he took a shot before that thumb injury so I would have had thoughts if I was fans you to take him out of the game then he, he showed okay behind the first string line then as soon as that second string line came in Chad he was running for his life so the Broncos really should blame themselves, and they're really fortunate he didn't break his hand, he didn't break his thumb, the injury is not worse. But I would seriously not play him behind those offensive lines anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, on one hand, I I think you just kind of have to live with the fact of on second team, you know, that Drew Locke, that's the best it's going to get for him on second team, unless you want to increase it double, triple, quadruple fold by also keeping those first teamers out there to protect him. Maybe that's a risk you run if you want to protect your second round investment in Drew Locke. And also you don't want to risk his, you know, his uh, psyche at this point and his self-confidence with just continually getting beat up. Although I will say this, at no point did I detect any sort of, you know, uh, downtrodden, downcast type of mentality from him. He you know, he didn't set the world on fire on Monday night, but he played modestly well, led a scoring drive, and so there is that. Now, a couple of scoring drives, actually. So, 
Or am I misremembering that? Jeez, now this lo- this night has been long. But anyway, he did at least lead one scoring drive, field goal to end that that first half. But you're right on the tight end side of things. I, I, I'm reminded of that old drowning pool song, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. <laughs> That's what it feels like right now. You know, metal dudes from the South somewhere, you know, chugging on their guitars, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. But I think, you know, at least the silver lining here, Zach, is that both Locke and Fant came out of this without long-term serious injury, as Fangio said, mild by nature. Uh, that we know for now. I mean, right. we don't – anything can happen when they get back to practice. Anything can still come out. That we know for now, it's minor. And the Broncos are very fortunate. But it's obvious that they don't, They just don't have that that football karma on their side for whatever reason this season. So Fangio should take note of that. And like you said, it's a great point. It's hard to play that in-between game. You want to have Locke out there, but you, you don't want to have him with the first stringers. You can't subject him to the third stringers. So what do you do? It's just unfortunate that they don't have young offensive linemen or capable guys they can rely on to protect their franchise quarterback against fellow second and third stringers. But uh, going forward, they have to know that injuries could happen and will happen at any time for them and just to treat those snaps accordingly. Let's uh, move on and talk about just kind of what we saw from the game and we'll kind of break it down, offense, defense. Again, this is a gut reaction. We're literally recording this just minutes after the final gun sounded on Monday Night Football. And so we haven't had a chance to go back and like break down or study the tape. So this is our first impressions. These are our gut reactions to what we saw. And let's start with the offense. So we, we got an extended look, obviously, at Joe Flacco, who up until this point we had seen just one possession and was relatively impressive, at least from a collective perspective in that Seattle game, 12-play drive. The Broncos got some points out of it. This game, I counted off the top of my head, I think he had three possessions. There might have been four, but at least three possessions. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where they were able to move the ball at times between the 20s. Once they got to the red zone again, just dead. I mean, throwing footballs that are uncatchable. It seems like uninspired design on the part of Rich Gangarello when the field gets shrunk. And then just bad decision-making or... I guess, uninspiring decision-making on the part of Joe Flacco. What was your take? But at the same time, there was a couple of plays he made that he showed some veteran savvy, a few different throws, including that 45-yard dart to Emmanuel Sanders. We'll talk about Garrett Bowles in just a minute. But Mm. Flacco showed some of that veteran savvy that you hope to see, that veteran competency and presence and command, but still obviously still quite rusty in this new offense that he's learning under Rich Gangarello and with a new supporting cast. Your thoughts on Joe Flacco's performance? I, there was good and bad to his game, and I thought the good was he he played like a true veteran, and he showed things that Case Keenum never showed last year. He stepped up into the pocket in the face of pressure. He showed off his arm chat. He zipped a pass in there. I, I forgot who it went to, but it was right down the middle, throwing with anticipation. That's something Keenum can never dream of doing. Uh, so he moved the ball well. That pass to Sanders, it was a little off target. It was a nice adjustment by Emmanuel. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Bowles negated that. The bad, though— um, was mostly on Scangarello. I agree with you. That third down call in the red zone, it was a very low percentage play. I wanted something a little more higher percentage. And he did that throughout the game, Scangarello, with all the quarterbacks. So wasn't the best um, aerial game planning on his part. Also, in the red zone as a whole, Chad, this team has not been good the last couple years. I would like to see a little more consistency and not have to see them rely on McManus for three. So 
you're right. There's a lot of rust with Flacco. He's obviously still not on the same page with his blocking in, in some aspects. And the, the Broncos' ground game was non-existent tonight. They were awful. So he had no help there. Uh, he, he looked good uh, targeting fan. He looked good showing off his arm. It's about what you would expect from Flacco through three preseason games. And considering this entire offense is still a work in progress, it, he's not too uh, you know behind schedule. For 2019 only, would you prefer to have Joe Flacco or Jimmy G? Oh, that's tough. Uh, based on how Jimmy looked tonight, the Broncos' defense is good, but he looked very skittish, and I, I want a quarterback with a little more poise, a guy who's been there and done that. And I'm not a huge fan of Joe Flacco's, but he did win a Super Bowl, and he has experience. So for this season only, I'm going with uh, Flacco. My, You know what I'm questioning at this point, just to turn the page here, is how much more patience the Broncos are going to be willing to show for Garrett Bowles because it's not just that he gets called for a holding penalty. It's that at least half the time when he has these holding fouls, they negate a touchdown or a big yep. chunk play. I mean, I tweet, I tweeted about this later on in the game that, you know, Rich Scangarello through three games now, his offense, if it's been short of anything, it's there, there've just been no chunk plays. There's been no explosivity from this unit. And it just seems like they're playing within like a 15 yard umbrella type thing you know like let's push the ball down the field let's let's try and get creative here yes now when the first teamers were on the field we saw a little bit more creativity in terms of that end around to Emmanuel Sanders lots of screens there was the deep shot to Sanders negated by Garrett Bowles but I'm wondering how much longer they're going to put up with Bowles however I think he kind of got lucky tonight because Elijah Wilkinson decided to have probably his worst game of this yes. you know, of this preseason so far. He was complicit in multiple pressures given up on both Locke and Hogan. So in that sense, I think uh, Bowles, you know, lives to fight another day. Not that his starting job was in any serious doubt coming out of this game. It was a preseason game, but I still have to wonder how much longer this coaching staff, this front office, is going to continue to back Bowles in the face of the reality that he could, you know laps in crucial moments that literally cost you wins. That's such a great point about Wilkinson, Chad. I noticed the same thing about him, and I, I typically like him as a player, but he was just pretty brutal tonight. And about Scangarello, he was doing that, as as you pointed out. He wasn't taking deep shots down the field with any quarterback, it seemed like, until Hogan late in the fourth quarter, and he was just throwing ducks up there. I'm going to just assume this was vanilla by design because it's the preseason, but he has to open the playbook more with Joe Flacco, a quarterback. I want to see more downfield things. I never thought I'd say this about a Broncos offense, but I'm tired of seeing the screens. Give me something north and, and south. Don't give me east and west. Bowles, uh, you know, it wasn't going to be Wilkinson failing so much as him, Bowles, just justifying what he is at this point. And he's still committing those mistakes. And he's still, uh, as you say, he's always negating a big play. It's never just a three-yard pass play he's bringing back. It's always a 40-, 50-yard pass play. And he's still being inconsistent. He's still being unreliable. And he's not performing like a first-round draft pick. Again, we're not going to jump to conclusions. It's still just the preseason. I would have thought, though, Munchak could have just worked a little more magic to him at this point as to not allow him to kill the Broncos' offense. I just want a consistent, reliable tackle. I'm not even hoping for a pro bowler anymore, Chad. Just a consistent player at left tackle to protect the blind side for your quarterback and not kill your offense. That's all I want from Bowles, and he just can't seem to do that. I did like what I saw from all the receivers on the first-team offense from, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, as always. When he's in the equation, the offense just looks different and are yep. just a better team. But I liked what I saw from Sutton. 
I liked what I saw from Deshaun Hamilton. Tim Patrick throughout the game played some pretty gritty, tough football. I'm liking what I'm seeing from these skill position players. Yeah, they have great receivers, and and as we've talked about the last couple pods, Chad, Emmanuel Sanders, if he's at 98% or 100%, whatever he's at right now, he just adds a new, explosive, different element to this offense, and they're just a a completely charged offense where he's on the field. They're neutered when he's off the field, and, and he's already back to 100%. I was encouraged by the fact that he was cutting and planning on his ankles. Uh, And as a complimentary piece, you have three great possession guys in Sutton, Hamilton, Tim Patrick. You have Winfrey. You have Craycraft in there. This is a pretty well-rounded receiving core. That's what we've been saying for months now. If the offensive line can just be consistent, they all stay healthy and Flacco get on the same page with this running game, they can be a pretty chunk play kind of offense. They can be an explosive offense. It just has to get to that point. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we'll share our gut reaction to what we saw from the defensive side of the football for the Denver Broncos. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Okay, before we dive into the defensive side, I just want to give a quick shout out to our listeners. You know, Zach, if you and I were a rap duo, okay, our record label would be presenting us with a platinum record because the Huddle Up podcast has officially, on Spreaker, which is our main hosting platform, has crossed the 1 million download mark on Spreaker. Now, I've tweeted about this. I flexed a little bit earlier on Monday. That doesn't count the amount of downloads and listens we've gotten since we moved to Overtime Media, where we also are publishing on Megaphone. On Megaphone, we are, I don't know, I think uh, it was 300-something thousand since January downloads. So that is a massive credit to our phenomenal listeners across all platforms. You guys are just unbelievable because this podcast started, I think it was, I think we, I started it... Um, Back in 2016, Zach and I have now been working together on this thing for a year and a half. And, dude, we have just been crushing it. The audience continues to grow. Our decision to go daily, I think, at the beginning of this year is just paying dividends in terms of, you know, just giving the the listeners more content, more analysis on a daily basis, giving them something to help pass the time. But I just wanted to give a shout-out to our listeners because those are just some phenomenal numbers for an individual team podcast dropping knowledge on the Broncos day in, day out. I, I try to say it a lot on the pod, or I try to say it a lot on Twitter, but we wouldn't be here without Broncos country. We wouldn't be doing this without your guys' support, and it's it's appreciated beyond words. And even through everything, the transitions that Chad and I both individually and as a team, we've gone through with uh, after 24-7 sports, we've con- continued to stick with it and, and, and produce even more content and expand our horizons because of the feedback and the love you guys are showing us. So it touches both of us. We're so very appreciative, and as long as you'll keep listening we're going to keep cranking out more and more content all right let's uh let's talk about this defense and the first thing that jumped out to me there were three guys on that first team defense that made an amazing impression shelby harris i mean making plays left and right and he's i mean obviously we don't want to get out over our skis it's preseason but 
I mean, that he was looking like a freaking all pro out there. Like, if I'm John Elway, I'm going, dude, I got to bite the bullet and get this guy paid. You know, f- figure out a way, talk to Joe Wellis. Hey, can you free up some cash? Because we got to get this dude paid. And obviously, there's some time for them to do that. He's under contract throughout 2019, but he's, he's going to be a free agent next spring. So, dude, he, he was good. Bradley Chubb looks like an animal, like the second coming of Khalil Mack at this point. And then a shout-out to Isaac Yadam, who yep. after kind of getting uh, a little shade thrown his way in a constructive way from Chris Harris earlier this week when Harris was like, oh, yeah, you know, Isaac's been doing great this summer, but, you know, we just got to improve his hands. He picks off Jimmy G on San Francisco's first uh, possession on third down. And Bosby should have had a pick six, too. So the entire secondary of the Broncos played very well. The entire uh, first string defense of Denver was dominant tonight. They looked very, very good. Shelby Harris looked like J.J. Watt out there, swatting passes, buzzing around the football. He's going to get paid next offseason, and I hope Denver at least makes him a competitive offer. I know they just drafted Draymond Jones. They have Demarcus Walker. But he's really blossomed, Harris, being a cast-off of the Raiders and coming to Denver. And we knew, Chad, if he can thrive under Vance Joseph, he was going to be even better better under Big Fangio and it's happened that way. Bradley Chubb, this is why I've been saying for months now that he's, I think he'll have more sacks this season than Von Miller. The guy is just a different player. He's a different breed. And that inside pass rush, he absolutely murked Joe Staley. That's a really, really good tackle that he just killed on the inside. That's the different element to his game that we didn't see last year. And that's what Fangio is doing. The entire night, uh, the, the San Francisco offensive line was completely thrown off, Chad by the Broncos' interior pass rush, and that's Fangio game planning, and that's the Fangio bump in that respect. So uh, the entire Broncos' defense, the secondary, Adam looked good. That pick, though, was forced by pressure from Chubb. When you have those two components working hand-in-hand, you're going to see a very uh, active defense this season taking away a lot of uh, you know turnovers from opposing teams. I just came away from those you know few possessions in which the first-team defense was out there thinking to myself, this defense is going to be a smothering, yep. um, predatory unit. Like, they're going to rack up sacks. They're going to rack up takeaways. Like, I think it's not going too far out on a limb at this point to say the Broncos have a chance to lead the NFL in takeaways this year. And if they do, man, that portends so well just overall for the team's success, regardless of what struggles and learning curve and bumps in the road the offense goes through, especially the first half of the season as everyone's getting used to to each other. I mean, if the Broncos can lead in takeaways and the sacks and pressures are going to come, I mean, that typically results in Ws in, in the standings. I don't think it's unrealistic to say and to like almost guarantee the Broncos finished top five in, in sacks and turnovers, especially interceptions. Chad, we've been seeing it all pre all training camp, excuse me, with Justin Simmons just seven or eight interceptions in training camp. He's gonna be the beneficiary. Him, Kareem Jackson, they're gonna create a lot of turnovers. And one wrinkle of this Denver defense, they're not just bringing pressure with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Now they're blitzing Chris Harris Jr. from the slot. And they did that tonight and it threw Jimmy G for for a loop. And it's just gonna be such a fun defense to watch, Chad. Powerhouse is a great word for them, predatory. They're just going to be a dominant, smothering, fun defense to watch this year. Defense is back in Denver. All right, last thing I want to touch on, then we'll get out of here for tonight because it's late for Zach and it's, well, it's late for me and it's even later for Zach. But there was some hand-wringing on, you know, talking to the to our Broncos fans on YouTube at halftime, there was some hand-wringing over the special teams coverage units. And I think it's fair at this point to really be, uh, you know, concerned about that aspect of the Broncos team right now. 
But what I basically, my message to everybody is this, Zach, and I want to see if you agree with me or, or disagree here. But, you know, it's concerning. It's something that the Broncos need to address sooner rather than later. But the majority of those players who are allowing these big chunk returns on punt and kick, they're not even going to be on this roster three weeks from now. The main players that are going to be operating those roles at Gunner and in the different spots on specials, you know, they're they're letting the, the guys lower down on the 90-man roster at this point take those reps. That's that's how the coaching staff is, you know, allowing the, you know, as far as the analysis in making the final roster for some of these guys, you know, those five, six spots at the bottom that are open on the 53-man roster, special teams is a big part of that equation for the coaches. So to me, I'm saying, look, it's an issue. It's been a it's been a common theme now dating back to the to the Hall of Fame game. It needs to be addressed by Coach Fangio and with Tom McMahon, the special teams coordinator, but I'm not quite ready to deem it, you know, some kind of a catastrophe and and hit the panic button. You know, Chad, I agree with you about 40% of that. I'm not one to do much hand-wringing, but I was actually getting a little alarmed now. Three weeks in a row, the coverage units, especially on kickoffs, are just allowing chunk returns. And I can chalk it up to it being uh, subpar talent, it being preseason. If they were giving up 20, 25-yard returns, just standard kind of returns, but they're giving up huge gash plays, and it just sets up the, the defense in bad field position. It just cannot happen. And McMahon showed last year that he was a huge improvement. I'm a big fan of McMahon over Brock Olivo, and it seems like he's taking a little bit of a downturn this year. I don't want to see that. I want to see clean football. The offense looks better. The defense looks better. And the one common denominator is the one holdover from Van Joseph's coaching staff. So I'm not ready to throw him out, Tom McMahon. And I understand the Broncos are purposely kicking balls short to test their coverage units this 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 preseason. But I just want to see a little more consistency, uh, better tackling, better angles, and just staying with your you know your men and downfield and your blockers and wrapping up these ball carriers and not allowing them to set up shop deep in your own territory. I think it's fair. Fair, fair, fair. Well, hey guys, it hasn't been pretty from the Broncos these last couple of preseason games, but there, you got to remember, it's it's not about wins and losses in the preseason. It's about the evaluation on players. It's about the evaluation on units and coaching. And, you know, this whole team right now is ironing out the kinks. There's a lot of new faces at the coaching and personnel level, new schemes on both sides of the ball. So you got to give them time to get up to speed, and that's what this preseason is for. So don't worry so much about the final scores. Worry about some of the storylines and issues with these players that either are continuing to rear their ugly heads or progressing and improving. And uh, let's see, we'll find out, you know, what exactly is going on with Noah Fant, exactly what's going on with Drew Locke. But tomorrow, or I should say on Wednesday, you're going to have a fresh episode of Building the Broncos and then Zach and I will return for an episode on Thursday. And we'll, I'm sure, have a lot more information about the injuries coming out uh, by then. And, you know, we'll have had time to study the game a little bit more and give you some more um, you know, in-depth analysis, but that's got to do it for today. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter. As a reminder, you guys at Huddle Up Pod, you can find Zach on Twitter at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jansen. Stay tuned. Building the Broncos going to have a freshman for you on Wednesday, and then we'll be back in the saddle Thursday. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We will talk to you then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 